When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Now when you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, you use promo code DNVR. You make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's with promo code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. I am Patrick Lyons. I am Susie Hunter, and you won't believe the guest we pulled for today. We are joined also by Todd Radom, logo designer, all-around great baseball guy. I'm so excited to just, like, pick your brain for an extended period of time. So good to be with you guys. So good to be with my friends in Denver. Thank you for having me. I can't wait. Yeah, really appreciate you taking out some time to to speak with us. Already a, a contributor on on various podcasts, we uh, love hearing you each and every week on the ESPN Baseball Tonight podcast, and talk about your your fantastic book, Winning Ugly: A Visual History of the Most Bizarre Baseball Uniforms Ever Worn. And look, if we're if we're talking about that, there's a couple All Star uniforms and Rockies uniforms that maybe made that list. I don't know. We'll find out, but it's going to be a good time. I I think the first question right off the bat is people know you really well. How does one get into the graphic design or more specifically logo design industry? <laughs> <laughs> well, my route was a, a very unique one. Everybody has their own path toward whatever the journey is. Um, but uh, listen, design now compared to when I was coming up years and years and years ago, design is everywhere. Design is a function of the screens that we have our faces in every day, uh, it's environmental in terms of signage and printed matter and all this stuff. So, you know, my own journey uh, starts with the fact that I'm, I'm, uh, it's in my DNA. I am a, a fourth generation working artist uh, and I've been doing this a long time, but you know, my journey went through art school, four years at School of Visual Arts in New York in the eighties when there was a lot of stuff going on and uh, I'm still inspired by it and a little frightened by it all these years later. Wait, so you're saying over the years, you've seen a change in how much like design we see. Is that what I'm gathering? I think that is a very, uh, an accurate way to put it. I think a couple of things have happened, particularly in the last 15 years, let's say, uh, since the advent of the iPhone in particular, um, this whole thing? You know, I, that little thing, that little thing that is that is always on and, you know, welded to our hands. Um, I think a couple of things. I think we are all bombarded by logos and brand imagery 
in a way that we never were before. Um, and we're sort of desensitized to messaging. There is just so much that we, we have coming at us 24 seven. It's not stopping, it's not slowing down. Um, and it was quite different years ago. And it was quite different, not that many years ago. And if we chop it up and if we think about our experience as sports fans, for those of us who can remember what it was like going to a game five years ago, 10 years ago, maybe 15 years ago or more, our, our colors are brighter, our logos move, our messages are constantly moving. Um, and consequently, what I do for a living uh, and what I write about is quite different from it was not that long ago. Yeah, that's, that's, that's such an interesting point. And the thing that is, is true for your work, if, if I'm uh, going to be a, a critic of it, not in a bad way, but just someone who observes, is that so many of your designs are timeless, right? They, they don't have that age of, well, hey, it, it, that was the 80s, so give Todd a break, uh, or that was the 90s. They're, they're very iconic. It's, it's something that we're used to seeing a lot, and we forget that that didn't exist at one point. One of those examples, too, if we're, we'll just kind of jump into something, is the Jackie Robinson 50th anniversary logo that you know, we still see today, I think, in, in various forms for Jackie Robinson Day. But that was something uh, at the 50th anniversary in 1997. I can remember that, you know, very vividly, something that, that took place in New York at, at Shea Stadium. And that logo, again, just just so iconic. Was that one of the first things that, that you created that, you know, really kind of took shape as, as being something that was timeless or that people first began to say, hey, this Todd Radom kid, he's, he's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was there that night at Shea Stadium in April 1997. It's a million years ago, or more accurately, 25, cent 25 years ago, a quarter century, which is just crazy. And I was uh, part of the design of the 75th anniversary logo this year. So it's a big span. But to answer your question, Patrick, um, I started working in pro sports design and specifically with Major League Baseball in 1992. And there are a lot of things going on at that particular moment in time. Licensing is exploding. So logos are getting applied to more and more and more stuff. Cooperstown collection, right? Uh, featuring retro logos, if you want to look at it that way, on licensed apparel uh, in particular. That is exploding at that moment. And being somebody that has always, always, always been fascinated with the history of sports, particularly baseball, I kind of had this uh, very well-defined lane to flex my muscles in. So the Jackie logo actually is, you know, five years into what I'm doing, which again, in, in this span of this, you know, this very long journey, I'm already on my way with that, but I still love it. It was worn by uh, every team on the field of play. And it was a very special one. And like I always say, to be associated in any way, shape or form with Jackie Robinson, even tangentially, tangentially is just, you know, it elevates the look of it. Yeah, that's an honor for sure. And yeah, no. and even today, that logo still plays. Yeah, I mean, it kind of, uh, it, it is one of those logos that you, I always say like simple is hard when it comes to any kind of art form. I know it as a designer, but I suspect that's the case when it comes to music or architecture or fine art, certainly. But in the case of the Jackie logo, the messaging is is all there. It's pretty strong. You put that signature there, 
there's a 50 because that's what it all it's all about. You got Dodger blue, you've got the years, and boom, you got a logo. It's that easy. Oh, it's that easy. <laughs> one of the one of the interesting things you brought up about the early nineties is with with marketing, you also had this shift of ballparks being ballparks to now, you know, being being sponsored and, and having a name brand. And I can I can I can remember not seeing or or not remembering as a kid, if you will, uh, a lot of logos for ballparks. And now that's you know a lot more common. And again, just beautiful. You've designed you know many of them yourself. But I feel like that was that where that change came about. Of well, look, hey, if if Enron or or Minute Maid is going to be uh, sponsoring the the name for, for this ballpark in Houston, we might as well create a patch, create a logo, and and kind of you know, extend that, uh, that arm of, of advertising and marketing, so to speak. I think that's part of it. I also think that just in this larger societal sense, if you think about it, uh, and I'm older than you guys, clearly, I'm just going to get right out with that. Um, I think that, that the opportunities to, I don't want to use the word exploit, but I will, but to exploit these things for marketing purposes was not a thing and the concept of nostalgia itself uh, was not necessarily a thing. And ballparks are about nostalgia. I certainly grew up at a time uh, that our ballparks were very utilitarian in a lot of places. The concrete donuts in Cincinnati and Pittsburgh and Philly, and I went to those all, mm -hmm. where, you know, they, they were not a lot of bells and whistles. They were not very romantic. I grew up in New York going to Mets games and Yankees games. And think about it, you know, Yankee Stadium, the original version of Yankee Stadium, opened in 1923. By the 70s, it was kind of falling apart. It was falling apart. And Yankee Stadium was renovated. But it was renovated in a way that made it look like 1976. So I think what I'm trying to say is that uh, our, our concept of remembering things, of, of embracing these things, uh, we were not as sentimental years ago. And uh, we certainly are now. And it's nice to celebrate things that bring us together. And ballparks would be a prime example of that. That's so sweet about, yeah, how sentimental baseball really is. But I am a little bothered that you said that the vet doesn't have bells and whistles or didn't have bells and whistles <laughs> because it oh, definitely you... had a jail. And that is some prime stuff right there. <laughs> I, I can remember two things in particular that I'll convey about the vet, which you know, Susie, being a, a Philadelphian, and we've talked about this before. Uh, I'll take it from the very end. Going to a Phillies game in the final weeks of the final season at the vet, so I guess that's 2003, I think it was, and going into the men's room, and there are like electrical wires hanging out of the walls. They, they deferred maintenance, <laughs> knowing that the place was going to go bye-bye very soon. And one of my what I would call a primal baseball memory, just, you know, just getting right down to it, was being at the 1993 World Series at the Vet, sitting up in those 700 seats for game four, 15-14, Blue Jays, Phillies. I've been around angry people over the course of my life. I grew up in the New York area, let's face it. Uh, and uh, that could have been the angriest group of people I've ever been around in my life, and I survived it. To give you an idea how angry Phillies fans can be, I was at game six of the 93 NLCS, and after beating Atlanta, the only thing on Phillies fans' mind was to say, F. Dave Stewart. They were already thinking about Toronto. They were already 
throwing that vibe out there. Like we got to defeat these blue Jays. So uh, being from New Jersey and spending a lot of time at the vet as well. Uh, that is an uh, interesting ballpark. Some of my favorite memories actually come in empty ballparks. I wouldn't say ballparks that are, you know, in the early stages of being demolished, but an empty ballpark where there's not that many people there, you you have much more of an ownership over the games. And and I'm sure, again, going to a lot of Mets and Yankees games uh, throughout those eras, they had their, their peaks and valleys. And sometimes the valleys create some uh, special memories as well. Yeah, I mean, the the cynical thing would be to say that there were Mets games that you could have done archery practice from one side of the upper deck to the other <laughs> <laughs> and not injured anybody. But, you're, I mean, I think you, 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 you got it. I mean, it's absolutely true. And, Susie, you and I talked about this last season when you did your epic, epic ballpark tour to beat all ballpark tours. But, yes. yeah, I mean, our, our baseball stadiums, because of the fact that it's such a long season, and I always say baseball for all of its pastoral nostalgia and gauzy loveliness. Um, we do have an opportunity to uh, to be introspective about the game, maybe because it goes at a certain pace as well. But taking in a ballpark properly to me uh, and doing a walk around, it's something that I've always done. And I think I have now seen MLB games in something like 54 stadiums over the years, nice. including some that are best forgotten, you know, Exhibition <laughs> Stadium in Toronto and Arlington Stadium in Texas and uh, Old Comiskey, which was a pretty cool thing. But um, but the bells and whistles and club level seating and craft beers, nah, it wasn't there. And, you know, we we maybe we've lost something, but I'm I'm very I like being comfortable in the ballpark. So. Listen, I like my novelty foods too. So that is a change that I welcome for sure. We've got novelty foods, novelty uniforms. Well, look, we'll get to, we'll get to our city connect business. We'll, we'll do that. I know Susie wants to talk about that for sure, Mm -hmm. but cheers, Susie. Cheers. But uh, do want to remind people that for 50 cents for your first month at the dnvr.com, you get all the great coverage of Broncos, Nuggets, Avs, Rockies, Rapids, Rams, other teams uh, that start with R, the the Buffaloes up there in Boulder. Got all that great coverage. If you want an annual membership, you actually get a free shirt uh, with that at the dnvrlocker.com. And, of course, access to our members-only Discord where we love to have tons of fun and you get to hang out with different people all throughout our community. Also, make sure you check out foco.com, F-O-C-O. Use code DNVR for 10% off all non-presale items. That's where you're going to go and get all that fantastic Colorado Avs Stanley Cup celebration bobbleheads or the officially licensed Avalanche gear. Avs have lifted the cup in 2022, so commemorate it now. You can also commemorate it with some of the Rocky City Connect bobbleheads. They've got some of those available as well. And don't forget, with Evoca TV, you can watch the Colorado Rockies, and you can watch the Nuggets, the Avalanche, you get CSU, Rams, Denver, Pioneers, all up and down the Rocky Mountain region. You even get us on the DNVR Sports Channel. You can even watch us in our conversation with Todd Radom. One channel next to AT&T Sportsnet, Altitude Sports, all that, and it's only going to cost you $25 per month, plus the cost of the receiver. Your price gets locked in for two years. Can't beat that. Actually, I lied to you. You're going to get another $10 off when you use code DNVR for your first three months. So it's going to save you even more bucks. All you got to do is head over to evaca.tv slash DNVR to make sure you don't miss another Nuggets, Avs, Rapids, or DNVR sports 
show on your tube. Now, Todd, Jackie Robinson logo, uh, 50th anniversary, one of my all-time favorites. Another one you did that I was hoping maybe we would see, because you know how with anniversaries, you can you can finagle some things a little bit. I know uh, I'm a board member at our, our Sabre chapter here in Denver, and so, of course, uh, I, I know you designed that one in, uh, for Baltimore, and we've kind of been waiting for the 50th anniversary or celebration going on you know, since 2020. Uh, so I was thinking maybe we would see a 30th anniversary of the Rockies. It's the 30th season this year. Next year will mark 30 years, but I'm pretty sure you were the man behind the 20th anniversary logo. Is that correct? It is correct. Absolutely. And it was a pretty, I mean, I'm not just saying this because I'm on with you, but uh, I really love this one for a couple of reasons. First of all, it's purple. And in our sports world, there are not a bunch of teams that you have an opportunity to work with purple. And so uh, it looked very Rockies to me. Um, the Rockies, and I'm sure we're going to be talking about this, have employed a pretty steady look since their inception. So to here to kind of uh, look, what do, what do the Rockies look like? How do you celebrate the 20th? How do you do so in a way that feels right for the franchise, right for the fan base? So, yes, that was mine. And uh, it was a fun one to do. I love it. It's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, a lot, lot of, uh, you know, symmetry, I think. And, and, and we know this, especially when you look at the home pinstripes between the Rockies saying, hey, let's let's be the West Coast of the mountain version, mountain time version of the Yankees. Let's keep it really classic, clean. That logo obviously represents that. Uh, and a lot of what the, the Rockies have has, has been clean in that way uh, with the interlocking CR that's on your green Colorado Rockies cap. I think we can all recognize that that is a green right there. There we go. Now the lighting is changing. Ah, now I can, we can see it a little bit better. That's a really good 1998 uh, all-star game patch on the side as well. Yes. Look at that. So Beautiful. Sharp. That's one of my favorites. One of the other cool things you get to do besides just, hey, here's an anniversary that represents one year. And people remember it, you know, obviously going forward. And uh, we know there's there's been a, a swell of people interested in vintage gear and things of that nature. So it always comes back. But uh, designs or logos for something that could very well stand the test of time and, and be used forever, that being actual league logos. Uh, you designed the, the logo for the Appalachian League and one that is actually uh, my favorite, the Northwest League. That one oh. is is so beautiful here again if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, head over to YouTube, to the DNVR Sports channel, and you can see these wonderful logos. The Northwest League logo, it's not even just the colors. It's just all the layering and imagery and with just three or four colors there, you can you can see such detail. It's amazing. Well, I appreciate that. And uh, they're actually two quite different looking marks. If you think about it, uh, the Appalachian league has some frills and heraldry and ribbons and, you know, some of that great stuff that uh, ties in with the history of the game, but the Northwest league, the mandate was really to create something clean, more contemporary, perhaps super digital first. Look at it that way. Uh, the colors, not unlike using Rockies purple, something a little bit liberating, a little bit different and really reflective of the area. So both cool logos and uh, and, you know, all of the tumult in the minor leagues these last couple of years makes me smile yeah. to see those logos. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I'm a you. I mean, you know, I'm a big minor league girl, but uh, when you say 
a logo that is digital forward, what does that what does that mean? What goes into making something that is digital friendly as opposed to maybe how you did things like 15 or 20 years ago? It's a great question. And what I will always say with that would be um, as sports fans in particular, we see our colors in a bit of a different way than we did a couple of years ago, even right. Think about your ballpark or arena experience and think about what led lights bring to uh, things that, that, wasn't wasn't in the picture everything is so much brighter so much cleaner um and as i said before our logos move and peel apart in a way that they did not 10 15 years ago my standard line susie that i always use is 20 years ago the bulletproof test of a sports logo would be what does it look like in one color on a fax cover sheet right because it, <laughs> it had a hold up. Or as always, and Patrick, you showed the embroidery version of that Rocky's 20th mark. Um, how does it embroider? Because, you know, it could take on a, a different form. But there came a time where uh, design, especially design for sports, flipped from being primarily created for print purposes, for printed material, toward digital. And now... Anytime I'm approaching something, I do think about the fact that, you know, 80% uh, of impressions that people get of whatever I'm working on will be digital first. So it's got to be digital friendly. It's got to scale up, got to scale down, got to look good as, a, as an avatar um, and needs to set on fire on a, on a ribbon board in an arena someplace. <laughs> Yeah, that's a great point. Cause so you you designed all of the the logos and jerseys for the big three just a couple of years ago, and so that was probably you're you're speaking from that experience of uh, of how things have changed. And I think also, and I'm not sure if the big three uniforms uh, use this, but I know I hear a lot of talk at the ballpark with Nike and everything they're trying to do with these sublimated jerseys, and I haven't quite wrapped my head around exactly what all of that means, but it does does seem. Uh, to make a lot more things possible from the design front on the functional front of, you know, somebody gets called up and promoted might be a little bit harder to generate a Jersey at that point, but still sublimation. Can you, can you boil that down maybe in a nutshell uh, uh, about what the, the future or the present of, of uniforms and, and jerseys are, are like? Absolutely. So sublimation has been around for a long time. Think about the Rockies turn ahead, the clock logo or uniforms rather from 1999 yes with that gigantic Rockies logo, which, I mean, it's pretty cool, right? That I is love, I love like that it. one. Yeah, I mean, I remember, again, being out there just about a year ago this week for All-Star and people walking around in that. And and it's a, it's a pretty awesome look. But sublimation in that nutshell is essentially we are printing directly onto and into a garment. So it's pigments that get baked into the garment, which means they you can achieve color accuracy and detail in just an unbelievable way. Um, and it will never fade or, you know, it's, it's never going to degrade in any way, shape or form. So like I said, it's been around for a long time, but sublimated uniforms and think of some of these crazy NBA uniforms from, uh, from the 90s as well. The technology has improved. So here we are stitched elements cut and sew stuff you know that twilled classic you know i mean it, that elevates things a little bit so being able to combine these two different techniques 
you can really do a lot with it. And you can think about these all over shapes, fades, tones, patterns, all kinds of cool stuff. So cool. Are you, sometimes I think, did we peak, did we all peak in the nineties? Cause you showed me some, you showed me some of your, uh, that ticket from the all-star game in Colorado. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, there it is. Like that is that. just, I'm like, I love that. I'm like, am I just nostalgic for it? Because that is like my youth right there. Or like, is there something to how delightful design was in the nineties? Uh, there is a certain amount of charm attached to it, uh, and I think that there's no <laughs> denying the fact that I think there's no denying the fact that we are all, every single one of us, um, we are we're fond of things that we grew up with, right? So I always say I'm a child of the '70s, and think about sports in the '70s, and think about the look of our sports uniforms in the Ooh, '70s. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons I wrote "Winning Ugly" because it's a loving homage to the Houston Astros rainbow look and to the San Diego Padres looking like tacos and things like that. <laughs> but Susie, to your point, you know, the 90s, the 90s, things happened in the 90s uh, from a technological perspective with design. Basically, all of a sudden, us designers, we, we could go to a candy store and eat the entire store. We had software and we were able to do six outlines around a logo and use 15 different colors and grade eight things. And um, like most binges, <laughs> sometimes it went too far, but there is, like I said, there is no denying the fact that, that there is warmth and charm and humanity involved in some of these things that, you know, everything is kind of, think about our logos right now, maybe not so much in sports, but think about how everything is sort of devolved. You walk into an Apple store and everything is gray and white for the most part. And their logo is what it is. Think about fashion brands that are devolving their logos from something very uh, perhaps crafted and recognizable to just a series of letters, right? Without much color being involved. And yeah, like we want, we want a touch of humanity and all this stuff. And we're not really getting it these days for the most part. Oh, interesting. I didn't think of it that way. Yeah. We we actually yeah. had a comment from, from someone in our chat talking about, you know, Paris Fashion Week as a joke. But that stuff will slowly trickle into what we see. It might be more like 10 years maybe from something to first appear there before to go to the mainstream before somebody like MLB or someone else. Like, is is there a chance like that that is legitimate and that does happen over time or not as much? It's so interesting you say this. Last year, uh, I was part of an exhibition at the Worcester, Massachusetts Museum of Art, which is oh. an art museum, right? And they had an exhibition called The Iconic Jersey, Baseball Times Fashion, Baseball X Fashion. And it, it explored from kind of a museum perspective, not a baseball museum perspective, uh, but it, it took a look at the crossover between streetwear uh, classic MLB looks, the wearability, if you want to look at it, uh, you know, in popular culture of jerseys. So think about movies. Think about, think about Spike Lee in Do the Right Thing, wearing a Jackie Robinson logo at a time where you really couldn't buy uh, a Cooperstown Collection Jackie Robinson jersey. This is a while ago. Uh, think about Elton John famously and, uh, you know, with his spangly, sparkly Dodgers yes. Outfit, right? And, Iconic. And 
Yeah, and that is iconic. And uh, yeah, I mean, like the the runway stuff, it's unapproachable. Regular people don't dress like this, right? But thinking about fashion forward and um, how streetwear has really influenced fashion, uh, high fashion, haute couture, you know, um, mm -hmm. in a big way, particularly in the last five, 10 years, um, I think it, it is merging together in a way that um, perhaps was unimaginable not too long ago. That's a pretty solid segue for uh, yes. talking about uh, City Connect uniforms, talking about uh, the green pants that the Rockies have and, and the Green Mountain Dental Group, which is something that uh, has been a, a, a team of dentists and, and folks that take amazing care of all of our DNVR members over the year and best part right now when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam with them even if you've never had any prior business with them before they're going to give you a free sonicare toothbrush from green mountain dental group just 15 minutes from downtown denver also when we're speaking about greens we're speaking about athletic greens it's how i start each and every one of my days it's one scoop and i'm getting 75 high quality vitamins whole foods or superfoods you name it, it's a micro habit for me that has huge benefits. It's something I do every day that helps take care of me a little bit better, gives me that clarity before that first cup of coffee. And right now they want to hook you up with a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs. With your first purchase, all you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash ROC. It's the first three letters of Rockies. Again, athleticgreens.com slash ROC to take ownership of your health. Pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. That uh, was one of your best segues, Patrick. You've had some good ones. This I'm putting in the top five. That was some good stuff. Thank you, Susie. I appreciate that. <laughs> top I'm working ready. with pros here. I know it. <laughs> Amazing. We Amazing. tricked you. We tricked. We somehow tricked you into the segue. You didn't realize <laughs> we said those. Uh, we said that keyword. But yeah, I mean. I want to get to specifically the Rockies City Connect. We we want to do that, but just in general, this undertaking by Nike and, and Major League Baseball. What is what has been your take on it here? About two years in. So here we go. Uh, we live in a world where our attention spans are. What was I talking about again? Uh, right, you know. So yeah. if you think about that, and you think about the fact that the baseball season is this marathon, we've got one hundred. 62 regular season games when you include uh, the exhibition season, the spring training, and the postseason. We are going from late February to November. So I think there is some room in here for some freedom of expression, perhaps. So let's start with just, you know, I am making a case that, okay, we can do this. And I am, I have to be honest with you, I was not as sold on that uh, a couple of years ago, conceptually. But look at what the NBA looks like in particular. Um, not so much NHL or NFL, but uh, the NBA, there are no home or road uniform designations anymore. You look at a game, you don't know where it's being played. Uh, teams have just a crazy number of uniforms. So let's start with that premise that uniformity is no longer uniform, okay? So then we get into City Connect and uh, 12 teams in, I believe, 16 teams in, 16 Anyway, whatever it is, uh, we would probably, the three of us agree, and anybody listening, that some of these are better than others. We come to the table with some biases, okay? Um, so let me get into some specifics here. When I see the Boston Red Sox out there looking like minions, <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 oh. 
I, I'm, I'm, you're never going to forget that. Once you hear it, you're never going to forget it. I can't, <laughs> unsee, I can't unsee I'm that. So I'm not so certain I would have gone that way. However, then when you look at the Chicago White Sox and their City Connects look like a very logical and, you know, kind of amped up brand expression of what they look like, this iconic look after 30 years. So it's pretty cool. And we're all going to have our likes and dislikes. And I heard somebody, uh, I was talking to somebody in their 20s who lives in Chicago, huge baseball person, fan, saying, you know, and a she also, like, Wrigleyville is not even a neighborhood. It's kind of contrived. They could have done so much more. So anyway, we we look at all that, and then we can jump into the Rockies. And I'm just going to say it. I really like what the Rockies have done because uh, for, for, for many reasons. But um, green pants, definitely going out on a limb over here. White belts takes me back to the 1980s. Maybe a little uh, some some uh, some friends going disco dancing or something. Um, <laughs> not me, Susie. My friends going disco. Anyway, your friends, yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Uh, but but you look at the numbers. You look at conceptually what that is trying to be, and and getting it. Um, I think they're really cool. I like them. We're so happy you said that because we also like them a lot <laughs> we do yeah it's- i think that, that again um the rockies have like i said earlier the rockies have looked like the rockies since day one they really have painted around the edges just a little bit but hey i was at the first ever rockies game at shea stadium in 1993 and think about don baylor and the team lining up there before the first pitch was even thrown they look like the rockies are now so to be able to expand upon that uh, in a reverent and relevant way, leaning into the green, Hunter Green, as a matter of fact, right? Yes, yes, um, exactly. My favorite yeah, shade of I mean, green. Come on, it it <laughs> uh, it is aesthetically pleasing to me, more so than Red Sox minions, and it makes a lot of sense from a brand perspective. Lean into the green. That's the one. Although most of the players have said. Let's ditch the green pants and go to the white. And it still plays. It, it still works really well and, and looks nice. And I did not like initially, and maybe this has been uh, your take a little too with, with these uh, new uniforms coming out, but it's sort of, I didn't necessarily understand the assignment. So Boston was one of the first ones I came out. I think they were one of the first three or four. And it was, well, where's the red? And where, where's the Navy? I, I'm out on this. And I thought that the, the marathon-inspired uniforms just looked bad. And then over time, when you see the Dodgers barely making an effort, Wrigleyville one barely making an effort, I'm like, you know what? I'm actually going to put that in the good column because they're trying something different. Does, you know, represent the city at least somewhat. I don't know how many people from Boston actually do partake in uh, in running and, and doing marathons. But nevertheless, it Not is the a, running, a but everyone in Boston participates <laughs> in Marathon Monday. <laughs> That's why I added the running part, because that's the part <laughs> they might not participate in. But in enjoying and appreciating Patriots Day, all that, uh, I think, is is once we see the full picture, the full complexion uh, of all 30 teams, I think those they're going to be the unique ones that jump out. And I think maybe in the long run, the Minions uniforms will look okay, the Boston Minions. Uh, and then the Rockies ones, definitely. Because, again, how many other teams will possibly even – 
uh, inject a little bit of that green in there. There's, there's not too many others. Yeah. And, and I think that it needs to be said, I'm call me Mr. Cynical, but this is not about wearing these uniforms every Friday night. If you're the San Diego Padres at home looking, you know, like, like, uh, just, I, I just, we won't even talk about what that looks like, whether you like it or not. It, it's vivid. Uh, but this is about, uh, retail sales and it's about extending a look, right? I mean, that's what it's all about. And so if you are Nike and, uh, I think it's Reebok has the exclusive rights to the Boston marathon, this may be a little guerrilla marketing on, you know, associating yourself with an event that kind of crashing the party in a little bit, in a, maybe in a big way. But, uh, but Patrick, to your point, I am, like many people, fascinated in thinking about what do the Yankees do? The famously serious, austere New York Yankees who don't wear names on their uniforms, either at home or on the road. When the Turn Ahead the Clock program uh, came about in 1999, apparently uh, MLB officials went to George Steinbrenner and said, we want to do what the Yankees are going to be wearing in the year 2021. And he said, what do you mean? We're going to be wearing this. So they did not participate. <laughs> I mean, so, but they're not we, wrong. Those uniforms haven't changed. <laughs> no, absolutely. Absolutely right. And so what is a team like the Cardinals, a more traditional fan base? Uh, Susie, you know, being I, and Patrick, too, being from Jersey, like what are the uh, what are the Phillies going to do? They could do a lot of things, actually. So I think it's always the case that if you are a younger franchise, if you are the San Diego Padres, even though they're 50 plus years old, uh, they are young compared to the Yankees, the Red Sox, the, uh, you know, the Dodgers. You can take some chances that some of those old school franchises and fan bases that appreciate the old school are not going to take. For the Yankees, the uh, a friend of mine, Kevin Henry, uh, from Call to the Pen, wrote about what it could possibly look like. And so spitballing ideas with him and my dad, who's a, a Yankees fan, thought, well, you could do similar to what the White Sox did, where you have an all-Navy uniform with white pinstripes. You could do something like that. But I thought, what are some other colors that you could bring in as accents? And I thought of like a, a bronze, which you know you see a lot of the, the, the statues and uh, and the monuments in in the outfield, or even if you're playing off of the Statue of Liberty, you could go with like a copper, Ooh. as well as uh, you know, that green of of the Statue of Liberty, which we see as, but it's because it's made out of copper and it's or it's rusted or, or whatever the, the the proper scientific term would oxidized. be. Yes, the patina. So I'm wondering, like, you could still keep it pretty much navy with white, maybe an off white, but then just bring in a, you know touches of those colors so that it looks classy. That, that's my thought. That's what that's what I think they might do. I think it's I think you uh, you're onto something. They will not go into red. I could pretty much assure you that I have done a lot of design work. I've done a lot of design work for the Yankees over the years. And it's always, you know, the commemorative logos are, are uh, start with navy blue. You can add some grays, some silver, some bronzes or golds, and it's going to look, you know, put together. But it's funny you talk about the uh, the reverse uh, pinstripe thing uh, for my book, Winning Ugly. Uh, Marty Appel, the longtime PR guy for the Yankees, uh, relayed a story where uh, they were looking at prototype jerseys in the mid 1970s. And uh, the GM of the Yankees or president of the Yankees at that time, uh, you know, has a couple of a couple of jerseys sitting on his couch in his office. 
including kind of what the Yankees vendors wear now, which is a reversed version of what the team wears at home. So white NY, white pinstripes, navy blue blue jersey would have been, you know, mind-blowing in 1974. It's conceivable now. So if they did go a route a la the Dodgers, something very safe and predictable, you might see that. But, hey, I am I like a good grease fire. We all want to, like, do some rubbernecking. So bring on some <laughs> – Bring on something big. Go big or go home. You, I you, love that. I, I love that too. You, <laughs> you, t- you talking about the Yankees? I, I don't necessarily talk about them as much, and I, I grew up watching them. It, it reminds me of Roger Clemens, and he had a logo on his mitt when he was approaching 300. And you know, on your website, which you know people could spend hours upon hours uh, on ToddRadom.com looking at at, at all these uh, magnificent logos, but one of them are you know, player logos, which is now becoming more and more frequent. Was Roger Clemens the first guy to, to really do that, that, that you know of? Not really, no. I mean, going back a couple of years prior to that, being part of MLB celebrations for the retirement of Tony Gwynn, for example. Uh, um, you know, that was the thing. And Ripken, too. I think that what, what really uh, you think about in 1995, Baseball coming off their lost uh, World Series, lost postseason, uh, abbreviated 1995 season, really embraced Cal Ripken in this outsized way. Very, very uh, unique thing. Player logos, as far as players utilizing their own marks and exploiting their own intellectual property rights, you want to look at it that way? Very timely right now. But Clemens, you know, was kind of at the forefront of that. Um, having a logo and defiantly including it on his glove. Uh, and I remember that conversation too. Uh, it was, it was not, uh, not well received by the team, but he was going to go out there and, you know, like, like, and, and it's the Yankees. So opportunity knocks. And I think Roger took advantage of many opportunities at various points in his career. I'd rather see a player do that than wear an actual Babe Ruth cap on the field a la David Wells. So those, man, those Yankees teams were interesting to say the least, huh? Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah. And for those who don't remember David, David Wells, who's at, I don't know if he still is, but during his playing career, he was a huge collector of, uh, of, of interesting and valuable uh, baseball relics. He goes out on the field, right. For a game with a game used Babe Ruth Yankees cap. And it's one of those eight panel round, not one of these, and the umpire comes out like, "What the hell is going on?" And yeah, <laughs> it's a Yankees cap. It was a Yankees cap, just chaos. not the it one that anyone else was wearing. <laughs> Absolute chaos. <laughs> Very on brand for David Wells, too, in a great way. Yes, you know what? Branding is everything now. He's just a trailblazer. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What? And talk about our own personal brands, and this leans into again with athletes as well. Athletes being the stewards of their own brand, they are, uh, you know, in such a giant way. Look at Tom Brady and uh, how his TB12, you know, what that logo is like, how it gets extended to other things. I mean, you know, being this gigantic version of that. But now with college athletes being able to uh, exploit their, their, their own personalities and brands, this is something we're going to be seeing more and more and more of. Have you gotten any requests for uh, for you know player uh, logos at the college level, or they haven't haven't worked its way through the pipeline just yet? 
Not at the college level, no. You know what? I, I will say I worked uh, several years ago with Dave Winfield uh, on his personal logo. And Dave is a terrific guy, a guy who, um, a really interesting guy, does a lot of stuff. I mean, he was baseball's most you know, highly paid player uh, in the in the 80s, but uh, works with the Players Association now and is very mindful of his of his public image. And that was a great project and certainly, you know, some nostalgia involved uh, and, you know, knowing who he is as a human being and all that stuff. But no, no college athletes have come to me. It would be a pretty cool thing to work on if it could all work out. But, you know, what is uh, and Susie, you alluded to it earlier. What is what what are you know, what stands the test of time? Patrick, you said it, too. Um, these things seem destined to kind of come and go in a hurry. Yeah, I, I think that's true. We, we, we were just scratching the surface with all the, uh, the NIL stuff. Uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't throw a couple of the, the Rockies minor league affiliates, some of the uniforms out there that I, I know Susie was uh, excited to do. I'll, I'll, we'll throw up a, an Albuquerque Isotopes uniform, and I, I, I'm sure you know the history. It's, it still blows my mind. I still have to remind myself that when I look at the, the – uh, word mark of isotopes that it is literally the Simpsons font. And I have to remind myself of that. It's amazing. And how could you not go that route for this <laughs> yeah. team that's called the Al Albuquerque isotopes? And, you know, I remember the Albuquerque Dukes, great visual identity in their own right. Longtime Dodgers farm team at that time. But I mean, look at this. The minor leagues are all about fun. We all know this. And uh, this is fun personified from the name of the team, right down to the execution. Come on. Yeah, they nailed it. They really did. They have fun all around the ballpark as well, too, because they've got various Simpson characters sitting on benches, and, you know, the boys' room is Homer and Bart on it. You know, ladies' room, Maggie and uh, and, and Lisa and Marge on it. So it's, it's really fun. But Susie, I, I know, is, has yeah. been waiting patiently here all show. For her big moment. Yes. Well, speaking of, you know, we've, we've talked so much about nostalgia. I feel like the Hartford Yard Goats uniform hits that on so many levels with the Whalers colors and even down to the font being the font used for the train line that went from New Haven to Hartford and New York. Um, what did you think when this uniform and logo came out just a few years ago? Yeah, so here we go. I'm taking a, a drive up 84 to Hartford where all that traffic gets all tied up. <laughs> Sat in there for hours and hours and hours over the course of my life. So uh, the yard, you know, first of all, a ridiculous name, right? I mean, however you want to look at that word, ridiculous, a ridiculous image. Um, but that's what the minor leagues are all about. And you got to give the people what they want. Uh, I, I love the Whalers colors. Um, you know, I'm I'm actually going to be talking a little bit about the Whalers uh, later this week. We could talk about that off uh, off camera uh, yeah. because it's yet to come. But uh, how could you not? How could you not? And what a beautiful ballpark and what a great experience. There are a few minor league baseball experience, seriously, better than a night in downtown Hartford, uh, just soaking it all in. And I love the look. And it just seems right for the city. And the city seems to have embraced it. And they didn't at first. And I've done, listen, I've done my share of minor league baseball looks, uh, logos over the years. And usually I'll get called upon to do something maybe a little more serious, 
a little more major league, a little more austere, but you know, Hartford yard goats injected into my veins, especially after a few years of, you know, being familiar with it. I love it. That was beautiful. That like truly spoke to my soul. Thank you for this Hartford appreciation on our Denver baseball podcast. <laughs> it's an affiliate city. It's, a, it's, it's an, an affiliate, affiliate city. city. Sister city. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and Susie, I've said this to Susie before Patrick and everybody else, yeah. you know, I, I feel this, you know, little piece of my heart in, if you'll pardon the pun in Hartford, my grandfather grew up in Hartford. I know it really well. I, like I said, have spent my time, my uh, share of time there, including sitting in traffic where 84 meets 91. So Hartford being a great underdog city, you know, um, I, I'm going to like anything going on up there for the most part. Beautiful. Beautiful. You I know do the wanna... soccer... Oh, sorry. No, go Patrick. Nope, go ahead. No, I was going to say the uh, soccer team that came to Hartford just a couple years after the Yard Goats started their baseball operations, they also took on the Whalers colors too. So it's kind of low-key becoming the color scheme of that city, and I'm here for it. I like that. Absolutely. Yeah. That's cool. I, I didn't know that. We'll have to talk with our producer here. He's he's a soccer guy, so he'll know he'll know all about that. Before you go, I, I've got to commend you because I don't think I noticed this at the time. Uh, did notice the World Baseball Classic logo. And again, hey, that's it's in the news right now. It kind of is a lot more official. It's coming back here in 2023. But at the time, I did not realize not just that you had designed these, but that there was a logo for each city. And oh, my God, I want to plaster my walls with these like like wallpaper. <laughs> I want them everywhere. They are so beautiful. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, World Baseball Classic is very special because it's one of these unusual projects that I was there at the inception. So I started working on the identity um, of the overall thing back in 2004. I remember it distinctly. Uh, it was over a, uh, a lunch at the All-Star Game in Houston. So, uh, you know, I was there for the first championship in San Diego in 2006 and um, those individual uh, city-specific uh, pieces of art were utilized on tickets. And we talked about loving actual tickets uh, and some souvenirs and just all around those particular ballparks, but a really fun project. And the identity has now evolved. Uh, and it's like watching you know, your child kind of go off into the world and you know, do their thing. And it's been a long time, but um, what an amazing event. And I can't wait for the next one. That's oh, awesome. So, so excited. Chris asked in the chat, and this is, this is a good one. Uh, it was in our notes. Didn't know if we had time, but you brought it up, Chris. Great, great job. Appreciate it, Christopher. Uh, the relationship between the, the team designs and advertising playing out down the road, I think so far we've only seen the Padres with their Motorola logo on the, on the sleeve. Seems like it blends really well. What are your uh, thoughts on where MLB is heading uh, going forward with the advertising on uniforms? So the NBA paves the way several years ago for desensitizing us to seeing advertising on American sports uniforms in the major, in the big four, right? Um, and the NBA did something right. Those ads are confined to a very limited space. Uh, and, you know, usually you put a logo next to another logo and they tend to chip away at one another, if not negate one another entirely. So the Padres, in the case of Motorola, and, you know, Motorola was on a couple of NBA uniforms over the last couple of years. It's a pretty simple mark. 
But to look at another NBA example, look at the Oklahoma City Thunder who wear Love's truck stops on there. And it's just, I'm just going to say it. It's a hideous, hideous uniform on top of not a great looking uniform. The Celtics had General Electric, cool looking Boston Celtics looking sponsor on there, right? Vistaprint, maybe not as much right now. It is going to be interesting because if I am not mistaken, in the case of MLB, that logo will uh, will not be locked in place. It will be, you know, if you're seeing left-handed hitters or pitchers, it will correspond to how we are going to see their arms, <laughs> their dominant arms. So it's going to be weird. It's going to be very strange. Some are going to be better than others, but uh, get ready because the floodgates are open. And you just mainly don't like the OKC loves truck stop because you're more of a pilot flying J kind of guy, right? Is, is that really where it is? <laughs> well, I don't know. You know, I love truck stops. I have uh, par- partaken in their uh, facilities, uh, particularly in places like Texas and, you know, like not not too long ago, actually. So I'm down with the brand, but we feel the love for certain brands more than others in our hearts. And uh, regardless of what the logos look like um, and um, I, I just can't like who goes on the New York Yankees. We keep talking about the Yankees. I mean, it's got to be like, you know, it's it's not going to be something minimal. No, mm-hmm. I mean they it's already got the John Nike swoosh on there. Oh, it has to be, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. They're they're going to make a a lot of money on that. Let's let's just say. And by the way, I think the two of you should, you know, should should be sponsored on the Rockies uniforms. I could actually make a sleeve patch with Susie and Patrick, like get some drawings of you guys. We could, I'm, 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 I could be on that. We, Look. we need to make that happen. We need to be on Rocky's uniforms. Cause we're clearly the heart and soul of that team. You're, you're pulling my arm here, uh, Todd. I'll do this favor for you. I'll allow you to do that for us and for the Rockies. I'll give you, I'll do you that favor. I got you, Todd. I'm, I'm on it. That would be fun. That would be fun. Oh Todd, thank God. you so much for your time. Um, take a second to plug away anything. I know you also uh, volunteer for a baseball assistance team, uh, an organization dedicated to assisting members of the professional baseball community who are in need. Uh, and, and I know that's that's one of the many different things that uh, you do outside of graphic design, podcasting, and all the uh, other wonderful hats you wear. Yeah, I, I thank you for mentioning that. Great organization. Uh, all part of the baseball community. And I am lucky to be part of the baseball community for many years, but to plug the more crass commercial endeavors, as you referenced earlier, Patrick, toddradom.com, which uh, is my work. Hit me on the socials on Twitter, on Instagram at Todd Radom, T-O-D-D-R-A-D-O-M, co-author of Fabric of the Game, the stories behind the NHL's names, logos, and uniforms with my buddy, Chris Creamer of sportslogos.net. And that book is still flying off the shelves uh, almost two years after publication. So uh, writing, uh, writing um, uh, design, I don't often sleep, but anyway, um, doing stuff with you guys makes it even better. So I appreciate all of it. We are so grateful that you came on to chat with us. We are obviously both huge fans of yours. So again, thanks for taking some time to hang out with us crazy kids. Thank you. You're, it was what a, what a treat. And uh, can't wait to do it in person out in Denver sometime soon. That's yes. it. We're, we're getting Bucky's. So, I mean, you can come and check that out too. 
for talking about wow. truck stops and places to go. Yeah, Colorado's oh moving up in the world. I'm First now, in and out. Know, we're going to extend, extend this another 30 seconds in saying that uh, I am, um, uh, my, my wife is a Texan. So anytime we are in Texas visiting family, we will walk around Bucky's and just soak in all of it for, you know, uh, for a half an hour and just bask in the weirdness and, uh, and goodness too, actually. So. Yeah, now, I, I also, of- I'm a Bucky stan for sure. So I love that this is a Bucky's friendly podcast. Bucky's, if you're listening, you're welcome to sponsor us. Hit us up. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> if, you, if you want to put Todd's logo of us on your employees' uniforms, look, we'll, we'll make it happen. But now when you go to Colorado, you got to go to Coors Field. Now you got to go to Bucky's. And when you go to ToddRadom.com, you can get all kinds of prints of, of some of the stuff you saw here on the podcast today. You can also pick up uh, the NHL book, which is fantastic, and also uh, the baseball book, Winning Ugly. You can get that signed, too, also on ToddRadom.com. I want to point that out. So that's not shameless because I'm saying it. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. And, and co-branding is everywhere. So it takes a community here. There we go. All right, follow him on Twitter at Todd Radom. We are at DNVR underscore Rockies at Patrick D Lines for me on Twitter. I am at the Susie Hunter on all platforms. And you know what they say about momentum? It's only as good as your next show. So we'll talk to you then.